I'm Sean Delaney, and you're listening to What Got You There. What Got You There is a must-follow for entrepreneurs, creatives, high achievers, and change makers. Each week, I sit down with some of the world's most influential people and focus on the journey behind their success. We uncover the strategy, tactics, and routines that help them get there. Now it's your journey, so it's time to learn what's going to get you there. Uh, what got you there? What got you, got you? If you're enjoying the podcast, then you might want to check out some of the other things I'm working on behind the scenes. I put out a weekly newsletter called Momentum Monday, which is just a quick synthesis of everything I've been reading, listening to, and watching during the week. I also do a once-a-month deep dive called The Distillery, which is a long-form distillation on someone whose thinking has greatly impacted me. You can check out past distillations of Josh Waitskin, Yen Liao, and Nick Konis, and everything else we're putting on at whatgotyouthere.com. Today, I sit down with David Novak. Now, David was the co-founder and retired chairman and CEO of Yum Brands. Now, Yum Brands is one of the world's largest restaurant companies with restaurants in more than 135 countries and territories. So under his 17-year leadership, David took Young Brands and doubled in size to over 45,000 restaurants and grew from $4 billion to a $32 billion market cap. Now, David is a renowned expert in leadership, company culture, developing people, and that's what this show is focused on. We talk all about some of the stories he's learned throughout his time leading a company like Young Brands, and then also what he's learned from some other people, such as Tom Brady. What are the foundational lessons you need to know as a leader of your organization, and how you can take control by start coaching yourself? And we talk a lot about his new book, Take Charge of You, which is all about self-directed coaching and learning. What do you need to do in your own life in order to take your game to the next level? So if you're someone who's interested in leadership, growth, and developing your own talents, you're going to love this conversation with David Novak. I have to tell you about the product I'm obsessed with right now. And when I say obsessed, I mean it. I am honestly obsessed and using this continually. So this is my Brava Smart Oven. So I actually used a Brava at a friend's house a few weeks ago, and after using it, I said I have to reach out to the team at Brava and bring them on as a partner of the podcast because of how much I love my Brava Smart Oven. So Brava is the world's fastest and most advanced smart oven that cooks with the power of light. So I had no idea about this, but cooking with light is actually two to four times faster than any other cooking technology. So being a busy father with two kids, I need something that's going to cook delicious, healthy meals, is really fast and super convenient. And my Brava checks the box on all three of those. Just last night, I whipped up a mouth-watering salmon. You know, one of the ones with the the crispy, flaky outside, but then juicy, tender inside. And I also had a side of broccoli and butternut squash. And I cooked this all to perfection at the same time. It doesn't matter if it's breakfast, dinner, dessert. My Brava takes care of it all. So when I said it was fast and convenient, the team at Brava honestly knocked this out of the park. Imagine cooking your entire meal just with the press of a button. All you do is select what you're cooking, load your tray, and press the green button. They have thousands of fully automated recipes created by professional chefs, so your meal is perfect every single time. And a really crazy part, Brava regularly updates with new recipes and cooking modes all for free. There really isn't a more convenient and impressive cooking experience I've ever had. Cook crispy, bubbly pizza in 10 minutes, eggs and toast at the same time, You can even do a tray of roasted potatoes in 15 minutes, all with zero preheating. And one really fun thing, my my kids love watching this, is you can actually watch your food cook on the Brava app, which is just really fun. It's like having an automated sous chef right at your side. 
So if you want to start having healthier, better meals, check out brava.com and make sure to enter code what got you there at checkoff for $200 off. Yes, $200 off. That's www.brava.com and at checkout enter code what got you there. If you're someone who's looking to join a hypergrowth company that's global and 100% remote, then you might want to listen up and hear all about the exciting job opportunities at Clipboard Health. Most of us have known someone who never got the health care they needed. You know, one of those people who fell through the cracks. That's because America's hospitals are short-staffed. They don't have enough nurses, so patients don't get the care they deserve. I've personally had family members not get the care they deserve, which is why I appreciate and care so much about what Clipboard Health is doing. Clipboard Health matches nurses with hospitals and nursing homes so that patients get the care they need and nurses find the work they want. Clipboard Health is fixing a broken healthcare staffing marketplace, and they're also scaling a hyper-growth business at the exact same time. Clipboard Health is a Silicon Valley unicorn, and they're looking for people to join their mission to fix staffing in healthcare and give nurses more opportunities. Clipboard Health is looking for great software engineers, product managers, and operations leaders to join them today. They're global, and remember, they're 100% remote, so no matter where you live in the U.S. or the world, they want to talk to you. You can check out great opportunities at clipboardhealth.com forward slash WGYT. That's clipboardhealth.com forward slash WGYT. Are you looking for a delicious and healthy nutrition bar that is keto-friendly, low-sugar, and protein-infused? If so, look no further than New School Snacks, who's reinventing the low-sugar snacking revolution. Now, for me, health is one of the biggest things I think about, and eliminating the sugar from my diet is crucial, and that's why I love New School Snacks. So if you're one of those people who also want to change the way you approach nutrition and snacking, then head to NewSchoolSnacks.com for great deals on their collagen bar loaded with healthy fats from MCT oil, and while you're there, pick up one of their brand new mouth-watering French Toast Crunch Bars. That's NewSchoolSnacks.com. David, welcome to What Got You There. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Sean, and it's a real honor to be with you. Yeah, no, it's great to dive into a conversation around a lot of topics that I love to talk about, but one that you've explored so much of. But before we dive into leadership and coaching, I would love to know what you've learned from someone that we both deeply admire, and that's Tom Brady. Now, I know you've gotten a lot that you've learned from him over the years, but I would love to know what has really stood out when you think of Tom Brady. Yeah, well, you know, I just love the fact that Tom Brady is such an avid learner. And more than just an avid learner, he's an action learner. I mean, this guy is always trying to up his game, you know, whether it's his physical well-being or whether it's his, you know, how he throws, you know, uh, the ball, how he works on his footwork, you know, you know, he'll go to the best uh, 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 coach in the, the world for that, Tom House. Uh, he's constantly, you know, uh, honing his game. And I've never met anybody uh, that is is more focused on getting better at, at, at all aspects of his life. You know, we had a great conversation about leadership when we first met. And man, I have to tell you, I've, I've met and interviewed a lot of great leaders in my life, but I've, I've never met anybody like uh, Tom Brady. Hmm. And he, he, is, he is the best leader I've ever talked to. Now, when, when you're around someone like a Tom Brady, is, is it an aura? Is it a different presence that they carry themselves with? Well, you know, Tom Brady is Tom Brady. He's, he's the goat, you know, so you know that he's in the room. Okay. And yeah, he has that pre presence. And, you know, I played uh, golf with him and uh, 
Phil Mickelson, Justin Thomas, Patrick Cantley, you know, a group of us were uh, playing golf together. And look, they were sitting at the foot of the master. Okay. I mean, he is, he, he is there. Okay. You know, he's there. I mean, there's no question, you know? Um, but what I love about uh, Tom is he's the most humble guy in the world. He's confident. He has complete uh, uh, belief in his abilities, yet he's humble to know that he can't do it by himself, okay? And I think that's one of the things I've seen in leaders that are really great. Uh, you know, you're not going to follow somebody you don't uh, believe in, but you're also not going to follow somebody that thinks they can get it all done by themselves. And, and he's humble enough to know that he's got to have great teammates. And I think that's one of the reasons why he went to Tampa Bay is he knew that uh, and they had the supporting cast there, certainly on the offense that could get him to where, where, where he wanted to go. Um, but he's a, he's an amazing guy. Uh, he's always reached out to me when I had any issues uh, and I've always tried to help him. I, I really value our friendship. David, one of the things you said is, is Tom's, of course, an avid learner, but he's an active learner. I would love to know how you interpret that because you just yeah. seem to light up when you say that. Well, listen, you know, a lot of people, uh, y- y- you know, learn things, but who does something with it? Hmm. Take it to so action. He, t- he takes it to action. Yeah. Okay. I used to think that the, being an avid learner was the most important thing you should look for in a leader. And then I, the more I thought about it, no, it's not an avid learner. It's an action learner. It's somebody who takes the learning and then really puts it to use. You know, the other thing about Tom Brady while we're on him, which I love, is I was one time we were behind in a golf game and he says, you know, David, yeah, you can't come from behind unless you're behind. Okay. <laughs> and you know, that's his attitude. I mean, you know, it's a people write a lot better headlines if you come from behind than if you beat somebody 35 to 20. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, you know, but that's how he looks at it. He reframes the, the negative and turns it into a positive. Oh, that's awesome. I, I love those insights. You got to take those insights, though, and you've got to let, let them lead to action there. W- one of the things you were mentioned a few minutes ago is like, of course, you have to have that belief and that confidence. I would love for, to know from your perspective, I mean, leading an organization with, with tens of thousands of employees worth billions of dollars. Were there times where your inner self-belief was kind of on shaky ground about what to do? And if so, what are those times like being the, the head of an organization that large? Yeah, well, you know, of course. I mean, you, you know, nobody ever has all the answers uh, all the time. Uh, and, uh, you know, I think confidence is really a function of time and grade, okay? You know, you can't really be confident until you really know your stuff, Yeah. okay? In the areas that I didn't know my stuff, that's the area where I was least confident in. Like, for example, early on in our tenure uh, at, at Young Brands, our food distributor went bankrupt. And that was a huge problem because <laughs> yeah, right. if, 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 you're, if you're selling food, you need somebody to get you the food on time, you know. And I'd never really gone through a bankruptcy. I'd never had any experience like that. So b- believe me, I had a lot of sleepless nights. I mean, how am I going to? get through this. But what I learned then is that you got to surround yourself with people who have been uh, through those kinds of situations and and they'll get you out of it. You know, and I remember, you know, I had uh, Dave Dino, my chief financial officer and, and Chris Campbell, my chief legal officer and Alwyn Lewis, my chief operating officer, all these people of, you know, just amazing leaders. And they just came into my office and said, Hey, you know, don't worry, we got your back on this. Let us handle this for you. Okay. And, you know, they kept me up to speed on what was going on. And, you know, I, I'm still not a bankruptcy expert, but I got to tell you, I sure am glad I had those guys uh, backing me up because they did did a great job. But those kinds of things, 
you know, when you get into, into those situations where you don't know what you need to know, one of the things you have to do is self-coach yourself and, 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 and say, hey, I, I need to find the people that do know it. And that's the only way I'm going to get to the best uh, ultimate solution for whatever organization or team that I'm leading. Yeah. You definitely want to compress those learning cycles there. You don't want to have to figure everything out. There, there's people yeah. who, who've done it and they're pretty smart. You might want to take some yeah. advice with that. I, I'm yeah. always intrigued by leaders such as yourself and just the mindsets that have encapsulated their success. And I'd love to know for you, like just looking back on all the years of the success you've had, has there been a foundational mindset that you kind of just viewed yeah. as like the pillar that all else was built on? Yeah. Well, it's interesting, Sean, you know, and, and I, I don't, I'm, I guess I'm going to, I don't want to come off as a shill for my book, but I just written this new book. Okay. Uh, which I think really represents a mantra that I've had throughout my life. Uh, and, and that is take charge of you. Okay. You know, I think, you know, your life is way too important. Your career is way too important to delegate it to someone else. And, and that's why I've written this book uh, called take charge of you, how self-coaching can transform your life and career. Okay. And I've always taken accountability for my own development. You know, if I realized that I needed to become uh, better at finance, you know, I would go to someone and say, hey, can you help me get to, to this, you know, to Wharton School of Finance and learn, learn better at finance, okay? If I wasn't, if I realized that, you know, I'm not comfortable speaking, you know, I used to be not very good at speaking. I used to be not, you know, just terrible. I was so nervous. I'd say, you know, a thousand times. And I, I was just, you know, so insecure. I'd have to make some corny jokes at the beginning before I could even move uh, uh, move forward and, and get, get rid of the nerves, you know. So I said, hey, who can I go to that can help me become a great speaker? Okay. And now I speak to 13,000 people and I love it. I can't wait to get up there, but I learned how to do it because I self-coached myself and took accountability for becoming a better speaker because I knew that was going to be a fundamental skill. You know, when I, when I became the CEO of Young Brands, I had never uh, uh, managed Wall Street. So I needed to learn somebody who really knew investments. So that's when I organized a way, I found a way, I toothed, you know, I did everything I could to get into Warren and I visited Warren Buffett every year I was CEO of Young Brands. And I talked to him about investing and, and how you should talk to investors. And gosh, he taught me so much. But it was it, it's that self-coaching, taking accountability for my own development. I used to do all kinds of best practice visits. You know, I, I used to go, if there was a company doing something great, I'd call up the CEO and say, can I bring my team and can we meet with you? And I'd like to learn from you. And and. You know, I, I think it's that self-coaching, you know, self-awareness of not only myself, but also the business that I was leading, uh, you know, is really fundamental to, to my success and whatever success I've, I have had, you know, which is, you know, but I, I, I said, hey, look, I'm in charge of David Novak. Nobody else is in charge of David Novak. I'm in charge of myself. And, you know, through God's grace and the help of a lot of other people, I've been able to, to do some things that I don't think anybody ever expected me to do, including myself. Complete responsibility there. It's funny, you, you mentioned that self-coaching, you have to take on things that you're weak in. You mentioned Buffett. He, he credits one of the most important decisions he ever made in his life was taking a, a Dale Carnegie's public speaking course and how instrumental that was. He did that early. He knew the importance of that self-coaching and learning. You mentioned, obviously, being the CEO of Young Brands. Walk me through that story 
how does someone mm. go and then end up becoming like you would you would have assumed that you came from the greatest background to be able to work your way into that scenario and i i just need to know how that how that was even possible yeah well i, I think a lot of people are wondering that <laughs> and, and I, thank god it worked out okay but, you know I, I have to go back to actually tell you a little bit about my upbringing yeah. because it's, it's very different you know my dad was a government surveyor uh, I lived in 23 states by the time I was in seventh grade. The biggest house we lived in was eight feet wide by 46 feet long. And it was a trailer. Okay. And my mom would check me into these schools in these small towns up and down the United States. I'm the only guy you know that's ever lived in Dodge City, but I guarantee you, I'm the only guy you, you know that's ever lived in Dodge City, Kansas twice. Okay. <laughs> but my mom would check me into these schools and say, Hey, David, you better make friends because we're leaving. Okay. And, you know, but my mom and dad were extremely smart. They had highly uh, high school education. My dad worked his way up in the government to the point where he went as far as he could go with a high school education. And, you know, when I look at those two people, if they would add coaching, education, everything that I had, they could have run anything. They could have started their own business. They could have done a lot of things. Okay. And I'm enormously proud of what they did accomplish with what they, what they had. But they wanted for me, Sean, to live the American dream. Okay, that that was their goal. Okay, so the, I, they wanted me to go to college. So I was the first person in in my family to get a college education, and I got a degree from the University of Missouri in journalism. I I I loved writing, and then I fell in love with advertising. And my first job uh, out of college was at a small advertising agency uh, where I was a copywriter. Okay. And, you know, and my wife always laughs. She says, I was destined to be in the food service business because I was in this little cubby hole in the back of the quarter office. And there was this uh, poster of a hamburger. <laughs> and that was my artwork. And she said, you were always destined to get into food service. But anyway, I, I came up in the advertising side and I ultimately ended up uh, running the Frito-Lay account, uh, which was a part of PepsiCo. You know, I ran and, you know, Doritos and, and Lay's potato chips and, you know, they're big brands. And the president of Frito-Lay recommended me to um, the president of Pizza Hut to be their chief marketing officer. So I went from the agency side to the client side and ran marketing for Pizza Hut. We had enormous success. We came up with a great marketing campaign, make it a great, we did great things, doubled sales and profits. And, you know, four years later, Roger Enrico, who was the chairman of PepsiCo, comes to me and says, David, I want you to I want you to run marketing sales for Pepsi. So I got promoted to go do that. And then I realized that I needed to get out. I did some self-coaching again. I realized the only way I was going to get the a division president job at Pepsi was that I had to demonstrate that I wasn't just a marketing person. Uh, I, you know, I didn't have an MBA. You know, I had to demonstrate that I could run a PL that I could, you know, run operations. So when that job came open at Pepsi, I begged my boss for the opportunity. I said, look, if I don't do a good job, you can either fire me or put me back into marketing, but I've got to get that experience to show that I'm capable of uh, running a division here. And he let me do it. And, you know, I did it for a couple of years and did it well enough to where I actually got promoted to, to KFC. Hmm. And, you know, I loved food service. I loved it. We turned around KFC it was a great, you know, KFC had never done well as a part of PepsiCo since they had acquired it. And we did a, you know, I went into a bad situation, turned it around. And then I got asked to go be the, the CEO of Frito-Lay. Well, I did myself some self-coaching there, you know, and I said, you know, I, I love Frito-Lay and I like Pepsi, but I don't like packaged goods as well as I like the restaurant business, you know. 
I, I love the restaurant business. It's all about food, which I loved, all about people, which I love working with, and all about marketing because you got to get, yeah. you know, you got to get the, the sales. And so it, it really had a premium on everything that I really loved. So I actually turned down the free delay job. Now, I didn't know at the time that uh, PepsiCo was thinking about spinning off the restaurants. And that's why they wanted me to go to Frito-Lay, okay? Because they wanted to keep me in the PepsiCo family. Mm-hmm. I said no. And then I ended up running Pizza Hut as well. And then I was running two of the three brands when PepsiCo decided to spin off the restaurants. And I was in the right place at the right time and, and got the opportunity of a lifetime. But, mm-hmm. you know, I just did, I just took whatever job I had, Sean, and I tried to do it as good as I could and then I'd look around and say, who has the next job? And then I'd say, what do they have that I don't have? Okay. And if they didn't have anything, I would really go after that job. If they did have some things that I needed to develop, I self-coached myself to develop them. And I took charge of my development. And, you know, I was very competitive, very ambitious. I'm, I, I make no bones about it. You know, uh, I always wanted the next job, but I never necessarily knew that I would be a CEO I kind of felt like I'd run something someday, but I didn't know if I'd be running the dry cleaners, let alone, you know, uh, you know, a company like Young Brands. But that was a, the greatest uh, ride in my life. I loved it. You know, did it from 1997 to, to 2016. Yeah, David, that's one hell of a journey there. One thing I need to know. So you mentioned two of the CEOs of the companies actually recommended you and said David would be excellent in this position. What about you? stood out in their minds, right? Like there, there was a ton of very driven, smart individuals, but there was a reason they said, David, that's the guy. You know, I, I don't know. Uh, you know, I've always had a skill of taking people with me. I've always been able to build and align teams. In fact, Roger Enrico asked me to, to do a, a program for PepsiCo executives on, on taking people with you. He saw that at me, Okay. The ability to 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 to, to get people marching uh, uh, against the things that 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 really matter uh, most, uh, and you know, I always took an interest in more than my job. I really think this is really important uh, insight for people to think about. You know, uh, you not only need to do your job; you got to be thinking about how you do the person two jobs ahead of each job. You know. And then if you ever get in front of that person, let them know the five things you'd do if you were them so they could see that you got the potential to have a job like theirs someday. Uh, and so I always, you know, I always really believed in whatever company I was on, whatever team I was on, and I wanted to make that team great. And, you know, I would do everything I could, not only with my job, but any way I could help other people or give other ideas to other people so that we could really uh, grow the whole ball of wax. And I think that that shows that you, yeah, you have potential. What about taking people with you, the people who, I hate to say underneath you, but you're just at a higher level. What can leaders in positions like that, what can they do to both empower those underneath them, but then also help them on their journey? Yeah, well, I, I think that, uh, the biggest thing you can do is let people know that you need them. Hmm. Okay. You know, uh, you know, there's this rule in leadership, no involvement, no commitment. So you need to really get people involved. Okay. Um, you, you need to remember that no one will care about you until you care about them. So it's really important that people know that you're invested in them and guess what? They'll be invested in you. 
The other thing I learned by visiting Walmart is, you know, uh, the more you know, the more you care. So remember to let people know everything that you know about the business and what you're learning all along the way. I mean, that's why I write my books, okay? Because because I want you know I'm blessed. I mean, I've I've had amazing experiences. I want to share those, and I find that when I give my learnings to other people, it always comes back to you in spades, okay? And those kind of things, the thing, three things that I just mentioned there, okay? You know, getting people involved, you know, letting them know that you care about them, you know, communicating everything you know about the business and then asking them most importantly, what would you do if you were me? That's the most powerful leadership question you can ever ask the people that you're, 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 you have the privilege of leading. What would you do if you were me? What would you do with these same set of facts that we're all looking about if you were me? You know, uh, you know, help me define reality. This is how I see it. What do you think? Okay. When you get people involved in that with you, they're going to follow you to the moon. Yeah, absolutely. What's so important too, is that requires humility from the leader, right? Like being open to new ideas, exploring ways that, that you're thinking might not be the best. So I just think that that's, that's, that's awesome. I love when we find great questions like that. That is an extraordinary question. I would love to know, David, for someone who is in that top leadership role, is there some advice you'd wish someone had given you day one that took you years to learn in that position? Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's a really good question, Sean. And and I think the answer I'd have to give you in honesty is no. Hmm. Now that doesn't mean that, you know, I I there isn't a lot of stuff I could have learned a lot faster. But I just think for me, the process of going through the life the way how I went through it, I wouldn't change a thing. Hmm. You know, for me, I have to tell you, I'm 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 at the end of the movie's been was really good. The movie's still running, you know. I'm I'm doing a sequel now that I love just as much as the first one. So I don't think I'd change anything because yeah, there are a lot of things I wish I would have done that I, I I didn't do. But you know what? It all ended up making me David Novak, making me the leader who I am, giving me the the background that that I have, the experiences I have that allowed me ultimately to lead. And I, I think the one thing I would say is your journey's never going to be a straight line up. Okay. You're going to have a lot of, you know, a lot of things that take you below the line. In fact, we actually, you know, I have our people, you know, do what I call a lifeline where you try to, you plot your life on the axis of uh, the bottom axis and you plot, plot the things in your life that are above the, the, the mean, and then you go below and the things that were, you know, uh, you know, not so hot. Okay. And my, my, my lifeline is up and down. It was not a straight line. Okay. And, but I think the reason why we do that is it's important for people to look at, at themselves and, and other people to, to see how you get to where you, where you got And And you're, we're all going to have our struggles along the way. And, you know, when you're having those struggles, when you're coming up, you think your life is over. I remember I gave a big presentation once and I absolutely flopped. And I was so nervous when I did it. My wife comes home. She sees me on the bed. I got my head in the pillow. Okay. Still had the suit on. This is back when you wore suits. Okay. (laughs) And, and, you know, I'll tell you what, that I thought it was over. I thought I'd never be what I thought I could be, et cetera. You know, but it also made me realize I got to learn how to be a good speaker. Hmm. And people laugh when I tell them that I, I, you know, 
I had problems with communication and speaking and all that, you know, uh, but I did. What do you recommend to someone who, I mean, you've got perspective now. You can look back and be yeah. like, yeah, when, when I had my head on the pillow, I was still in my suit. That way, <laughs> when you come home and the spouse is still in the suit on the bed, that's never a good scenario. So I'm, I'm wondering, what can you say to a young up and coming leader during those times? Is there anything that you did that you were able to root yourself in to help you get through that under the next phase? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I think you always have to look yourself in the mirror. You know, the most important thing that a leader can do is define reality for the business and then create and create hope. You know, I think that's what uh, Napoleon said that define reality and then create hope. Okay. So you need to look yourself. You have a bad day. You know, you really are in the tank. You really sucked at something. It was just, you don't, you wonder if you're ever going to get back, you know, why define reality? What was it? Were you not prepared? Were you, were you nervous because you hadn't done it before? You know, what is it? Understand what the what the reality is. And then then go back and, and think about your personal highlight reel. You know, create a personal highlight reel for yourself. When were the, all those times that you actually did something where it turned out good? Okay. That's when you got to go to your personal highlight reel and say, you know, that was a bad day, but I've done some good things before. I can get back and 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 get get on the saddle and you know go forward. But you gotta you gotta diagnose why it happened, you know, take accountability. Be self-aware, figure out what your action plan is going to be so it never happens again. And 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 then have the hope and belief in yourself that you are going to be able to get good at this someday. Hmm. You mentioned Napoleon there. I'm gonna I'm gonna butcher the quote, but it was something along the lines of someone will follow you into battle for a gold star. You talk about like building and taking people with you. It's about creating that connection there. I, I just love yeah. that line, thinking about how yeah. we're all in this together. Yeah. You mentioned the personal highlight reel. I know you mentioned that moment on the bed. Is there a moment you can look back on? I mean, first one to graduate college in your family that you look back and there was a pivotal moment in your career where you, you just look back and you say, you know what? I'm incredibly proud of what I, I was able to do there. Well, you know, I've uh, I've been lucky because I've been able to ring the bell twice. Okay, you know, the New York Stock Exchange. You know, that's when you know being a CEO of a public company. You know, that was like a you know with my family up there. You know, ringing that bell and and I did it a second time. And the second time was when I was CEO of the year. Um, and I remember I went to the New York Stock Exchange and they had a dinner after we rang the bell and, and all this. And, and, and it was in honor of this award that I got. And my wife walks in with me and she looks around the room and she sees a picture of Jack Welch and she sees a picture of Larry Bossidy and Herb Keller. And she looked at me and she goes, you know, and my picture is going to go on this wall too. She looks at me and she says, what in the hell are you doing in here? <laughs> but it was a, it was a proud moment, not just for me, but for our company because it showed how far we had come. Because when we were spun off from PepsiCo, we were the ugly ducklings of PepsiCo, had poor returns, you know, you know, didn't have a, at that time uh, a, a really admired business. But we ended up, ended up with one of the great company, great global companies in the world. Yeah, what you were able to do there is just very impressive, to say the least. I'm wondering, Thank you. when was the realization for you around the importance of coaching? I mean, because this has yeah. been instrumental. Like, when was that light bulb moment for you? Yeah. You know, I, I tell you what, you know, you don't know it when you're getting it. Hmm. Okay. A lot of times. Okay. Um, but, you know, when I look back, I, I realize that I was really blessed. Everybody that I work for, 
ended up being a president or a CEO of a company and everybody really took an active interest in me. So I never had a bad boss. And that's why I believe in coaching so much because I saw the power that it had for me. But I also see the fact that there are so many bad bosses out there. In fact, I, I, I'd love to declare war on bad bosses. I mean, you know, it's just like, you know, but they're out there. If you think about it, 82% of the people, according to, to, to Gallup, are not engaged at work. That's, a, yeah. that's, an, that's an indictment of, of extremely poor uh, leadership. And, you know, one of the reasons why, you know, we wrote this book, Take Charge of You, is that people aren't getting the coaching that they 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 want. And they don't have a, I wrote this with Jason Goldsmith, who's a sports performance coach. You know, I'm a, a business coach. You know, most people can't afford David Novak as a coach or Jason Goldsmith as a coach. But what we both have a passion for is helping other people. And that's why we wrote this book is that, you know, we can give people the tools that they need to go through the coaching process to coach themselves to where they want to go and, and achieve the goals that they, they that will give them the most joy in their, their life. And, you know, I think being other directed also gives you, you a lot of joy as well. I think the, the happiest people in the world, Sean, you, you, I'm sure you know this, they're other directed. They're not 100%. focused on themselves. No, absolutely. I'm wondering for you, you've worked with so many people before. What makes for, I'm just going to call them a student. What makes for a great coachable student? I'm thinking about the yeah. people now that are like, you know what? Yeah, it's time I step up and I get a coach or I do some self-coaching here. What's crucial mm. for someone in that role? What do they need to do really well? I think you have to open yourself up to growth. Hmm. You have to bring a growth mindset to the party. You have to say, hey, you know, I've got some talent, but I need to get better. You know, how do I leverage my strengths? How do I make sure my weaknesses don't derail me? But you got to open yourself up to, to really having a frank self-assessment of who you are today and then what do you want to be tomorrow? I think when you do that, uh, you're going to be, you know, a great, great student. You know, don't you just love people that you get around you that are just picking your brain, wanting to figure out, you know, how you get to where we go. Like when we get through this podcast, I'm going to ask you a couple of questions. I want to know how have you built this great podcast? You know, I have my How Leaders Lead podcast. You know, we're doing really well. Uh, and I get to interview a lot of great people and I, I, I've got great contacts and it's working. But I want that podcast to become the best in the world. So, you know, I want to learn how you've done you're doing it because you're doing great things, you know? So you, you like, you know, that being a constant student, having this quest uh, to, to get better at whatever you're doing, I think is really important. Yeah, David, I mean, you hit on that quest right there, right? Like that curiosity, even you have at the beginning of this conversation, you're talking about being around Tom Brady and you're just, you're just trying to learn again and again, same thing, right? Like I do this podcast because I, I love talking to people like yourself, leaders. It's like, okay, what can I learn from them? How can I help others? You mentioned that part earlier about like sharing what you've learned, bringing others with you, right? Like unlocking that potential in someone else. I mean, that's yeah. like, that's infectious. It's, it's, it's yeah. tough to deny. And when you see those students, those people that are showing up as curious growth mindset, ready to learn. I mean, that I'm assuming as a coach, you've got to be fired up. That's exactly yeah. oh, what you want to work with. That's who you want to have work with. And the people who don't have it, you want them to go somewhere else and make other, some other company terrible. Okay. I mean, not yours. Okay. <laughs> you know, uh, and, you know, I always believe in coaching first, you know, you, you have to coach people, you know, and, and give them really good feedback so that they can adjust, you know, and sometimes you got to hit people with a two by four. Okay. Just so that they really get it. But, you know, most people will respond, but sometimes people don't. And, 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 and in all seriousness, seriousness, 
I always wanted those people to go to some other company and make other people miserable, but not ours. Mm. Okay. Uh, and you know, but I love that, 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 that student that, that, that wants to get better and for all the right reasons, you know, that wants to be able to take on more responsibility for all the right reasons that, that, that wants to learn how to help others be the best they can be for all the right reasons. And it ultimately, it comes back to you anyway. Hmm. I'm wondering when you have someone that come and they want to start working with you, you first get in the room with them. What are those first few minutes? Like, I'm just wondering what you're trying to assess or figure out within them. Well, you know, I look a lot at body language. Hmm. By the time I would get to interviewing people, they, you know, they'd already been screened for their, hmm. their ability to get results. So what I look at, I always try to get a character, hmm. okay? And I like to see how somebody's sitting on the sofa. Are they like leaning back, like, ah, oh, they got this in the bag? I like somebody, you know, leaning forward. Hmm. I like them on the front. End. I like them. I want them, want, you know, they want to, I want to see them you know, in the sales mode, I want them to convince me, you know, that they've, they've got what it takes to be successful. Um, but, you know, I always had a lot of questions I asked, but the, the most important question I asked myself was always at the end of the, the interview. It wasn't something I asked them. It's something I asked myself is would I want my daughter to work for that person? Hmm. Okay. And if I couldn't get to the point where I would want my daughter, Ashley, to work for that person, I wouldn't hire her. And same thing you can say, would I want to work for that person? Would I, when I was, you know, uh, would I want to be on that person's team? Hmm. If I couldn't get to the yes on that, I, it was always a no for me. David, once and again, you, yeah, one amazing yeah. question there. Yeah. Well, I'm wondering because you, you must have dealt with this multiple times. There's always this person's got great character, but, or, or sorry, the person doesn't have great character, but the skill is there. How did you weigh that through? Uh, one without the other is unacceptable. Okay. You can have a short-term, you know, opportunity to tap into one or the other. Okay. But over the long-term, you know, it's not going to work. If you don't have character, it's not going to happen. Okay. You, you're, 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 you're going to derail sooner or later. Yeah. Okay. If you can't get results, you're going to de derail. So I always said, Hey, you know, I'm greedy. I want both. You know, Jim, Jim Collins called it the magic of the end. Well, you know, I like to, you know, one of the things I always look for with people is, are they smart and do they have heart? Hmm. Smart with heart was a big thing. You know, do they got the IQ points that you need, you know, the heart to, to, to work with people and appreciate other people. And, you know, obviously you got to translate that into, into performance. Yeah. I, I think a lot about the uh, comedian, Steve Martin's line, be so good. They can't ignore you. It's like, if you're yeah. showing up in your character being so good, they can't ignore you and same thing with the results you're actually producing. Uh, I'm pretty yeah. sure you're going to be doing all right. One of the things you mentioned with coaching is these people, they, they need to know themselves and you seem incredibly self-aware. I'm wondering, are there any things you've done over the years that have really just helped you get to a little, a layer yeah. or two deeper on yourself? Well, Every year, I've been doing this for a, a long time, probably 25, 30 years. I don't know. I get lost in the years. But, you know, I, at January 1st, I sit down and I do, what am I today? What do I need to be tomorrow? Hmm. Okay. So, like, for example, when I was running Young Brands, one of the things I am is passionate, as you might be able to tell. Okay. Well, what's the problem with passion? Okay. Uh, and, and enthusiasm is that you can absolutely overwhelm people, okay, intimidate people and scare the hell out of them, especially if you're the CEO. So 
I, I, I would say I got to temper my passion and enthusiasm. Okay. You know, on a skill side, I might say, geez, I'm a really great traditional marketer. I mean, if, when it comes to doing TV commercials and traditional advertising and, and, uh, and consumer insights, I am really top notch, but how am I going to be better? I'm lost in digital. Okay. I got to get better at social. I got to understand how to do digital marketing, you know? And so what that would do is I would, I figured out who's the best person in our company at digital marketing. And at that time it was Tressie Lieberman. And I called her up. I said, look, you coach me on digital, I'll coach you on leadership. And, you know, we, we did reverse mentoring to a certain extent, you know, so, um, but I, I did this every, every year and I recommend it to people. I call it my three by five exercise, just sit down, you know, really take a look at yourself. What are you today? What do you need to be tomorrow to be even more effective? Hmm. Okay. And, you know, I, I do it, you know, I even physically, you know, I weigh, you know, I got a, you know, I, you know, I weigh 210. Okay. I want to maintain that. Okay. And get stronger muscle mass as I get older. Okay. You know, it, it's, but you just kind of say, this is what, you know, it's, it's, this is what I need to do to be even better and live a, live a, a better, more positive life. Yeah. No, no. I mean, it's so crucial. I, I get kind of confused when there's people who identified where they're at, haven't looked to where they want to get to. And when they do, they're, they're unwilling to close that gap. So I, I love hearing some of these practices you've done. Yeah. You mentioned at the start of the year, you're doing that. Is there anything you do on a daily basis? I, I kind of think of these as like non-negotiables, right? Yeah. Like these well, are keystone for me. Yeah. Well, one of the things I do is I put that three by five card on my refrigerator. I see it every day. Okay. The other thing I do is I try to actually start my not, my day the night before. So, you know, I, I always think about, uh, in fact, you probably think I'm crazy, but I have a pillow in my bed that says plan. Okay. So before I go to bed, I think about what meetings I have. Okay. Who I'm going to be with, what's going to make that successful meeting. Okay. You know, what would be a great outcome? What are the issues I'm going to have to deal with this person or that person? And how can I really, you know, make that time as productive as it can possibly be? Okay. So I would plan out how I could make the next day, just like an athlete, you're going to play a golf course and you, you visualize the 18 holes and you say, okay, number one, you know, but you think about how you want to play the holes. I think about how I want to play my, my business life that day. Okay. Um, and then when I wake up in the morning, I, I always start out by working out because I think, you know, I want to get my energy level up. Then I would come back and I would write down three things I'm grateful for. I do gratitudes every day because I believe it's very important for you to get yourself in a grateful state. You know, you make your best decisions when you're grateful, your worst decisions when you're angry. And so I always tried to move myself up to the mood elevator where I could get as grateful as I could possibly be and be aware of where am I on the mood elevator? Am I, am I mad? Am I pissed off about something? I better be not make a decision in that framework. Okay. But if I'm grateful, I can make a really good decision. You know, so those are some of the things that, that, that I would do. And, and as I got more and more established in my career, I, I realized, uh, Sean, that nobody really wanted to have a meeting with me at 10 o'clock until after 10, because I'm, I'm more of a morning person. Okay. I mean, you know, an afternoon person, I'm not an early morning person. So I started scheduling all my meetings after 10. And then I would use my time when I went to work until 10 to really reflect on the things I needed to do strategically or with investors or, or whatever, but it's sort of my private time. 
Well, no, it's so important to understand those oscillatory type nature of your day, of how you best operate. I, I'm just following my curiosity here. I have to know, I mean, being the CEO of a company that large, I can only imagine the amount of responsibilities you have day to day. While you're actively in that role, what does that self-development process look like? Like how much time do you even, are you even able to afford to give yourself each day? Yeah, yeah. Well, I always had really good people around me, okay? And it's amazing how much more time you have when you have really good people. Uh, but I organized my calendar around the three things that mattered most, you know, people, customers, and finance, okay? And, and so I would organize how I spend my time around, around those, those three things, okay? The other thing is, is when you, when you are a CEO, you can't believe how much time you spend on airplanes, Okay. Now you can spend your time sleeping. You can spend your time, you know, talking to everybody, or you can spend your time reflecting on what, what needs to be done. I use that one-on-one time, you know, one-on-one time with myself in those airplanes. A lot of times I'd be on a plane flying by myself somewhere or, you know, man, that was powerful times, you know, that's when I was most, most dangerous because, man, when I came back to that office on Monday morning, I had five ideas. My biggest problem was, okay, making sure we'd already done the ideas we needed to do before I moved on to the next five. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. David, I would love hearing about that, right? Like, as someone who, who tends to come up with a lot of ideas, how, how do you make sure you're not allowing those new ideas to interfere and take away from the potential really good ideas you already have? I think you tell people around you that this is a problem you have. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Okay. And you ask for help. Hmm. I'm a very creative guy. I mean, that's, you know, and creative guys are, are, are good because you can come up with a lot of ideas, but they're very dangerous because you can end up having so many ideas. You're not focused and you don't execute what really matters most. Yeah. So I, I constantly try to remind myself of where are we at in the journey of executing the things that I know are really important to us. Yeah. Okay? I- now I can just only imagine the, the number of ideas coming as a, a former copywriter there. <laughs> they, I, I'm sure you can whip out some ideas pretty quickly. I, I, I do want to know, like, as this next step of growth, even for you, in, in writing the book, Take Charge of You, like, when when does that moment happen? Or what is it where you're like, you know what? I need to bring this to fruition so other people can learn from this. Yeah. Well, in this particular case, uh, I have a great relationship with my co-author, Jason Goldsmith, and he's a, he's a sports performance coach, and he helped uh, Jason Day become number one in the world and Justin Rose become number one in the world in golf. And, and you know, so I, I actually uh, got in touch with him to help me with my, my game because I realized that I had a lot of talent, but I was, I'd kind of choke it when I needed to hit the big shot there, Sean, you know, and, and you know, I thought, you got to help me uh, work through that, and he, he, he did. You know, he helped me, and I've actually been able to win a couple things since he started working with me. And but he became like one of my best friends. And you know, he would teach me in sports, and I teach him in business. He's got a a, a sports technology business called a Mustard, which is a startup which he started with Tom House. And you know, and you know, he would ask my advice on that, and he would also ask my advice on how he builds his sports coaching business, his sports performance business. And, and we realized that we both came at coaching in a very similar way. And I said, you know, let's write a book. It was, you know, I had the idea, let's write a book and let's do it together. And I want to do something that's different on coaching. And then we came up with the idea of self-coaching and making that a real moniker and, and, and something. And 
this was before COVID and all that. Now self-coaching is like, you can imagine with the great resignation and all this stuff, you know, you know, uh, the lack of coaching, the fact that people are working virtually, this is like right down mainstream. This is like, you know, this is, we can't believe the response this book has already gotten and, and we haven't even published it yet. Companies are ordering books, uh, you know, and we're, our pre-order sales have already exceeded our expectations. It's because it's so needed. Okay. And that was kind of what it was. It was just like, we've got all this experience. And, and like I said earlier, I think I said earlier is, is that, you know, when you have experience and you don't pass it on, you're being selfish. And, you know, this is our opportunity to pass on what we've learned. And there's no profit motive in this at all. There's, you know, I've got my David Novak leadership program. I've got my podcast, all this stuff. It's all just to share with other people, the contacts I have, the learnings that I have so that you can be the best leader you can be. Cause there's just not enough leaders in this country right now. It's a big problem. Don't you wish we had had a really phenomenal president in the last 20 years? You know, I mean, it would have been really nice. I don't care which side of the aisle, you know, but where's the person that can make people proud of being an American today? Okay. You know, where's that person that, you know, can bring both sides together. People say, Oh, it can't happen today. I say that's bullshit. You know, I say what we need is a leader out there to get that done and it can't happen. Okay. And I'm hoping that of all the stuff that we do somewhere along the line, we might just create that one leader that can make a difference in our country someday. Yeah. You mentioned pe bringing people along with you. You never know what piece of advice, what book is going to alter the trajectory for someone in their life and create a more positive outcome for other people. You mentioned if you don't share, uh, it's very selfish. David, I have to know, uh, what did you learn about performing under pressure? Anything for uh, anyone yeah. on the golf game or the tennis court that, that we could use about <laughs> performing under pressure here? <laughs> yeah, I think in it, uh, you have to get yourself in a neutral state. I love that. Yeah, I'm a huge you, believer in, yep. If you get too excited, it's not going to work out good for you. And if you're too nervous, it, you know, it's not going to work out. So, you know, breathing is, is, is really important, getting yourself in a neutral state. Get so prepared, okay, that you're ready. And that preparation means that you have process and discipline around what really matters, Okay. If you put process and discipline around what really matters, that and you execute it when the when the crunch happens, you're going to perform much higher than somebody that's just it does what comes to them at the moment. Okay, so I think you know people always talk about being process focused, not results focused. I think that's that's great. You know, one other thing too, it's being focused on your target. You know that applies to to golf, obviously. You know, you know. But it also applies to business, in particularly like in speaking. You know, when I decided to stop listening to myself, stop being perfect, you know, just making sure that I'm talking to you, Sean, and nobody else, and not worried about whether I'm stumbling or, you know, tripping over a word or whatever, all of a sudden I became a really good speaker. Okay. Mm -hmm. You know, when I'm focused one on one with somebody, okay, and I'm giving them coaching. And I'm focused on the target of helping that person. Boy, it's amazing what happens. Okay. If you're working on a business problem, what's your target? What's, what do you want to have happen? So I think target is a huge thing, you know, and, and I think that helps you get through the pressure moments and focus on what matters most on and how you get there. Okay. Uh, but I really believe that getting in the neutral state, having 
driven process, being focused on what you want to accomplish with with each person or and each business situation, and 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 thinking through how you really make that happen uh, in in a calm uh, light of day. I think you will perform under pressure. No, oh, David, that's that's exceptional right there. I feel like I just got a master class in, uh, in in performance there. So this is fantastic, David. It, it's just so apparent how curious you are, how such a self directed learner you are. If you could do this, I, I know you do do this with the podcast, but long form conversation. Just let's even think about spending six months with someone you're going to learn from, dead or alive. Is, is there someone you would love to just be able to just surround yourself with and learn from? Oh my, uh, you know, I. Uh, I have so many people that I, I go to already, you know, uh, that, that, that have imparted such wisdom to, to, to me. You know, it's like, I'm really blessed to have Ken Langone, the co-founder of Home Depot. You might've seen him on Squawk Box and he's the, the he's basically NYU Langone. Uh, he's the man behind all of that. And, you know, given, you know, med students, you know, scholarship, you know, free tuition, you know, this guy's like, but he, I've been around him for 20 years, you know, even longer. And this guy's amazing. And, you know, but I've got a lot of those kind of people in my life and, you know, I, but I wouldn't trade anybody for the relationship I've, I've had with, uh, uh, Ken Langone, you know, I was having some, my wife was having some health problems and this guy's a multi-billionaire. Everybody knows it, you know, uh, he calls me and says, David, I got to spend some time with you. And I said, well, that's really nice of you, Ken. He says, let's go get an ice cream cone. The guy picked me up, took me to Dairy Queen and got me an ice cream cone. Hmm. Okay. Now this is a guy who's knows every captain in the industry, has done everything in the world, okay, but knows the importance of the kind gesture, okay? I mean, this is a guy who, who, who treats everybody that way. Hmm. And, you know, and I get the benefit from him from an ice cream cone to like, what's the most significant thing happening in business? You know, talking about those kinds of things, you know. I mean, I got to tell you, it's, it's really something else. Uh, to, to have people like that in, in your life. Um, but, you know, so it's hard for me to move beyond the people that are, are already influencing me and doing great things. Yeah. David, it, it's really funny. You actually mentioned Ken. Uh, I was talking to a friend and a, he's probably the most significant mentor in my life. And he brought up something he was going through. And who does he bring up? Ken Langone. And this is literally the other mm -hmm. day. And about the, the impact he was having last week on him. Um, so yeah, that's, it's just funny when you hear a name multiple times yeah. in one week, someone like yeah. Ken, but David, yeah. this, this has been such a, a deep conversation around self-coaching leadership, just basically taking charge of you, which is, is the book title. Where do you want to direct the listeners and what else do you want them to know about the new book that you've worked so hard on? Yeah. Well, it comes out, uh, um, March 22nd. Okay. You can go to takecharge.com. Uh, takechargeofyou.com and, and uh, pre-order uh, if you'd like. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I just uh, hope it's a book that, you know, you read and, and you pick up a few things that, that'll really uh, change the, the, uh, the course of your career or help you take where you're already at to, to, to a whole level, a whole different level. So, but I'm very excited about it, Sean. It's great to be on your show to be able to talk about it. And, you know, I want to thank you 
for doing what you do, you know, because, you know, uh, the, the title of your show is amazing. It's a great show. And it's, you know, you got to keep changing your game. You know, what got you there won't get you there. And, and, and you know, it's, it's, it's great to, to meet you in person. And thank you very much for the opportunity to be on your show. Thanks, David. And as always, everyone, all of that will be linked up in the show notes. That way you can quickly pick up the book, take charge of you. But David Novak, I can't thank you enough for joining us on What Got You There. Okay, great. Thank you. You guys made it to the end of another episode of What Got You There. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I really do appreciate you taking the time to listen all the way through. If you found value in this, the best way you can support the show is giving us a review, rating it, sharing it with your friends, and also sharing on social. I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. Looking forward to you guys listening to another episode.